We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Nice jumper. Got it. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish, and I am joined as always by my investigative co-host, Rohan Kadi. Rohan, how's it going? Doing well. It's a, it's a chilly Sunday afternoon as we're recording this. Uh, winter has finally hit in Wisconsin. Uh, what else to, is there to do besides just talk Bucks basketball then? I mean, I guess the Packers, but like... I was going to say, David Bakhtiari's triumphant return happening right now. I'm sure he's blocking the hell out of the ball. Number 69, putting on a nice showing in his long, long return. Yeah, I think it was last December return. he tore his ACL, yeah. right? It was, it was. Yeah. So We'll leave hopefully... that to the, the winning six guys, the Packers guys. Yeah, yeah, our Packers experts. But hopefully the first of two big guys returning to Wisconsin sports teams... In 2022, fingers crossed for Brooke Lopez to follow Bakhtiari's example. I feel like those guys would get along. But that's an aside that we're not here to talk about Brooke Lopez or David Bakhtiari today, surprisingly. But we've done enough. both. We have done. We got that out of the way. Um, we're going to talk about the Bucks bench. We're going to investigate the Bucks bench. That's why you are investigative, Rohan. We're going to take a look into how this thing is doing. The Bucks bench. So we, immediately that means we're not talking about Giannis, Chris, Drew, Bobby Grayson, at least for now, though, those are the starters. We're, we're going to just keep them as the starters. We talk about them all the time. Well, I'm sure whenever we do our next pod, we'll talk about them again. Let's dive into the bench. I think the reason for wanting to do this, and obviously it's not a true indicator of the, the healthy bench, but last night against Charlotte, Milwaukee's bench managed five points, all five coming from Sandro Mamakalishvili, who – Shout out to him. I mean, that's that's five points from Mamu, not bad. Five point or zero points from everybody else, not good. I have a stat to start this off, though. Oh, you you teased this before we started recording. I'm very excited. I I did tease this. So the Milwaukee Bucks got 18 minutes from Rodney Hood, 16 from Langston Galloway, just about 14 from Shemi Ojale, and 12 from Sandro 
from Mamu, like I said earlier. So the average of that is right about 14 to 15, right? Let's say 14. Do you know how many times DeMarcus Cousins played 14 or more minutes and logged less than five points as a Milwaukee Buck? One? Zero? Zero. Zero. Zero times. Boogie scored zero three times, uh, 11 minutes, 13 minutes, and four minutes. And otherwise, the lowest, he scored five once and then no other times less than five. His scoring average, I think, was around nine points, but he did manage double figures six different times. And a lot of those were pretty recent games compared to when he was signed. So might have been beneficial to have Boogie around, just saying, but we don't have Shemmy to dwell Ozil on that. Shemi proven his worth, though. Oh, you know? God. Best Boogie of luck is to now Boogie in Denver. In Denver. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Boogie. But, okay, I, I just wanted to get that out of the way. Just, hey, would have helped to have some points in that game. Would have helped to have more than five, yeah, more than zero from non Yeah, uh, no interior defense. Yeah, it would have been would have been not not too bad, uh, is what I'll say. But okay, let's talk about the bench. Let's start at the high end. I think some of these guys we don't have to spend a whole lot of time talking about. Pat Connaughton, I think you would pencil in as essentially the sixth man with that group of starting five. And we're just going to leave Brooke Lopez aside for now because he's doesn't seem like he's going to play anytime soon. So, Pat C, is there much to say? I mean, I think this is a good start to the bench, even if he's not your typical sixth man that you would think of especially in terms of like the award no it's it's uh he's just the perfect he's the ideal sixth man like you mentioned maybe not for the award because he's not a microwave scorer off the bench or anything basically he's not lou will or jordan clarkson essentially yeah the the, yeah the the two guys or or old school was uh jamal Jamal crawford Crawford, yeah yeah hey maybe not old school he's still trying He's yeah, still I mean, in this NBA, he's probably going to put up a 20-piece tomorrow. Joe based Johnson. On like Lance <laughs> Stevenson. Oh, my goodness. He just had a career-high assist game after that scoring game against the Nets. The league is crazy right now. It is absolutely wild. But no, Pat Compton is not that type of guy. But what he is is just the ultimate connector, ultimate glue guy. He will do everything. He's multi-positional. You can slot him at the in at the two. You can slot him in at the five. They've done that at times this season. And he'll do whatever needs to be done. On his birthday, the Bucks put together a compilation of him getting hit in the face. And if that doesn't <laughs> scream just, just gritty bench guy that you want on your team, I don't know what does. Yeah, and even I think Pat, it feels like he's been slumping for most of the last couple weeks. And obviously right now he is in health and safety protocols, unfortunately. Get well soon, Pat. Get well soon, Pat. But still, the numbers on the year, 11 points, nearly five rebounds, about an assist and a half, 0.7 turnovers, still shooting 48% from the field, 40.3% from deep on six attempts per game, and 67.4% from two. Do you know the only Milwaukee Bucks shooting a better clip than that from two this season? It's Giannis? It's not Giannis. Oh, wait. wait Pat wait. is shooting like nearly seven points better than Giannis. It's Wes Matthews who's shooting oh, okay. 68.4% from two. We'll get to Wes. Talk about talk about a season. But even with the, – the point is, though, with what felt like a cold spell, Pat just elite shooting numbers, strong production. This is his first year, I think, scoring in double figures. Yes, and the efficiency has not dovetailed at all. So not a lot to say here. This is a great start to the bench. As you said, Rohan, a very versatile player, plug and play, has started 15 games this year, 
So he's been a go-to spot starter for the forward spots and sometimes like the two guard. He might have started a point guard last night because all the point guards are gone. Um, I, this no problem here. This is good. No, this is there's nothing to say here. We've talked about Pat's praises in the past. It's it's we you especially tweet out Rafters game uh, during <laughs> Pat's good games. Like there, there's nothing much that needs to be discussed about Pat. I think we can move on fairly quickly. And I think the next guy we can really talk about. Uh, maybe you feel differently is George Hill. I am literally just going down a list of minutes per game, and he is the next guy on that list. Um, actually, Pat plays slightly more than Bobby, but then it's George Hill. So, yeah, I, I am ready to talk George Hill. I think this should be an interesting discussion. Okay. So if we're talking about just role on this team, he's not a closer anymore nope. compared to his previous stint. He is a backup point guard who will come in, and he will be a heated or a weighted blanket for this team. When Drew Holiday sounds like a negative. That sounds like a negative. No, it's good. It's comforting. It's relaxing. It's, it's also is it, is it holding them down? No, a weighted blanket is a good thing, Ty. Okay, it is. I I, I actually I'm I'm trying to pull up a stat and see. I don't know oh. if this is going to actually work, but go it, ahead. Like it helps with anxiety blanket. and stuff. That's true. That is yeah. true. So he's just a calming presence is what I'm trying to say here, Ty. Thanks for ruining my analogy. But uh, it's well, just... Well, I, I say it because I do think there's people who think it's a negative weighted blanket. There are George Hill detractors this year. Are there? Yes. Huh. Yes. They let me know often that he just doesn't do anything. No, well, they haven't let me know. But uh, even though his production is a little bit down this season, like what is he averaging? 7.1 points per game this season. I mean, given he's had 12 starts... He's shooting below average from three. He's at 30.8 on the season right now. He's still shooting well from two, 57% on twos. He's getting to the line inconsistently, but when he's there, he's knocking it down. He's, what is he averaging assist-wise? Just 2.4. But then again, he has a lesser role. It's just like he's the ideal backup point guard because theoretically he could be a starter, but you wouldn't feel comfortable with him as a starter, but he's overqualified as a bench guy, if that makes any sense. See, I don't know if he's overqualified anymore to be a bench guy. Um, they're still really, really good in his minutes, which I think matters. And it does speak to, you know, we talk about him as like connective tissue. I think that's still very much the case. I wanted to look at his splits starter versus reserve to see, because we've agreed he's definitely overtaxed as a starter. So Correct. shooting 29% from deep as a starter, although 45% from the field, which is better than he is on the bench where he shoots 42% from the field, still just 31.5% from three. To me, that is concerning. Like, I, I think he's going to be useful no matter what. I would like to see the shooting come around because at a certain point, teams are just going to start ignoring him. And, and that will be a problem, even when he's coming off of the bench, if he's just not a threat to score from the outside. So I think that's going to be the thing with me and George Hill it may not matter as much because he's just not he's not going to close games. He doesn't have to anymore when the team is healthy, which is obviously very good. But I do like I would like to see the shooting pick up. I'm not worried about the raw numbers. I'm not worried about the production. You just don't need that much from him anymore. Like he is always playing off of other guys, which is ideal now. Like there's no lineup, I think, when the healthy bucks are around where George Hill is the primary ball handler. He is always a secondary ball handler. He is connecting plays. It's kind of like 
the Lonzo ball role, I think for him now, which is off ball, you know, drive or shoot or pass, not starting possessions and transition. He can connect guys, but I do need to see that three point percentage pick up that I am a little worried about that at 35. Now, is this a real regression or is it just a random sample? Hopefully it's the latter. I mean, I'm not entirely too worried about it, given we are halfway through the season at this point. But uh, this this 30.8% mark would by far be the worst of his career. Like, he's yeah. been a good three-point shooter for the entirety of his career, especially as of late. Like, last season, 38%. 38.8%. The season before, 46%. season before that, 30, eh, 31 Yeah, 31%. But then it, was, um, then it was 41, then it was 40, 40, 35, 37, 37, 37, 30. Like... He's a good three-point shooter. I'm not too, too worried about that. He's due for a hot streak. Weirdly, he shot 28% in 47 games with the 18-19 bucks in the regular season. I did not remember that at all. He shot 46% as a starter on the Cavs to start that year and then made no – what was with that team? Nobody could shoot threes back then. It was, um, it was a weird, weird team. <laughs> it was. It was. But I think – to sum up with George, or with George, I think the role that he's playing, he's good at that that off ball secondary creator role. I do think where you where you miss, you know, what he used to be a bit because George Hill used to be you know a good starting point guard who you could run you more would than good. more than yeah good. you you did run offense through. What you miss the most is if you want to have a bench lineup that's mostly bench guys, you just don't have enough offense anymore. Um, which is the problem, which is the problem of losing Boogie. And it really, I think, kind of segues into the next guy on the list, who is Jordan Wara, unless there's more Hill thoughts. But I think you're just not looking at him to provide that primary offensive punch anymore. The guy on the bench who you would want to just like score and score, and that's the main thing, is Jordan Wara. Kind of saw last night why that's a little concerning because he's just not very reliable on a night-to-night basis. And if the shot isn't falling, he struggles to provide value elsewhere, which is certainly what we saw as he shoots one for 11, continues to take step backs and wild push shots off the dribble, and defensively is still inconsistent. Just not ideal stuff from Jordan Wara. And as you mentioned, the one time he does make a shot, he's late to get back on defense and gives up like the same amount of points on the other end, it was bad. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> to, put, to put it lightly, it wasn't great. And that's just the story of Jordan Wara's season, I guess. Considering last season, it was just spot minutes. He wasn't really having a you know consistent role for us to make any real, uh, uh, get any real takeaways from it. But this season, it's just been the inconsistency. It's been straddling the line between bench player and uh, role player, score versus... Uh, plug-and-play guy it's just he struggled with that it's I mean it's a little bit understandable it's a second year in the league but also this is a team that's trying to win this is a team that's trying to win the title this season you can't be having that sort of issues on this team and like you mentioned he's the guy at this point considering uh the roster turnover they've had he's the guy off the bench who's going to be like okay if we need someone to create their own shot it's going to be you or it's going to be a guy like George Hill and like not to go back to George Hill, but he still has some bounce when he needs to. It's selective, but uh, it's it's few and far between, but it, it is there. 
it is there at points and we see that at points but that's the point it's not like it's not a consistent thing we're not seeing that every possession we need a guy like Jordan Ward to be an every possession type of guy and uh maybe he's just not ready for it because like a game against the Charlotte Hornets on a back-to-back you're gonna need a guy like that like Giannis he, he didn't play a ton in Brooklyn but still he, he was playing a big role. Chris was playing a big role. And you don't have Drew Holiday. You're going to be the guy who needs to step it up a bit. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I just really think he's going to have to find stuff to do besides shooting jumpers. Um, you look at for a while this season, the story. Yeah, the, the story for him for a long part of the season for me was like he he wasn't shooting well, and that's that's fixing itself a bit. Or he's fixing that a bit, I should say, up to thirty eight percent from deep. And to um, just take a look at the overall like ask on Wara, you know, thirty two games played, which is ranking among the top of the Bucks, twenty one minutes a game, which is eighth on the team if you throw out Lopez. So he's got you know real responsibility now, a real role. Although Wes is right on his tail at this point, and we'll talk about Wes in a second. But that thirty eight percent from three is nice, especially on you know a lot of his shots are more difficult. But like less than forty four percent from two which I think speaks to a lot of his twos are just really hard. Like he's not getting easy baskets. He's not getting to the rim. He's taking, you know, fadeaways over guys. He's taking push shots. You know, when someone does run him off the three-point line, he doesn't get all the way to the rim. He's shooting in that mid-range area, which those are not guaranteed. And they certainly haven't been guaranteed for Wara this year. So I just think he's going to have to add more to his game. I mean, the passing is hit or miss. A lot of the times it just doesn't happen in the first place. Um, and it's just problematic. And you can see why when the team is healthier and Bud has the option to just not use him, you can see why he does it. Because the team, I think, flows better when he's not out there because he has not yet fallen into that playing with the group like mode that we saw like a guy like Wes Matthews, who literally his first game, he fit perfectly and the team just hummed around him. 
And if you look at, and it's not entirely fair because he spent a lot of time with bench players, they're not very good when Jordan Wara plays. Like they've lost his minutes. Whereas you look at West, they uh, they destroy teams. Like and and Hill as well. And I think that that is more fair because Hill has played with a lot of different groups this year. He's got the best net rating on the team with when they play him. He's plus fifteen point five outside of Dante, who's played fifty minutes. But like West is plus fourteen. Hill plus fifteen point five. Those are guys who fit into the team construct and enable their teammates. Jordan Wara, nearly 700 minutes, minus 4.1. So really, it's like the results, I think, to an extent, speak for themselves here. You know what annoys me most about this, tie is that I've, t- I've talked about this in the past, but he's the, he's the one guy on the team who's going to be like an emotional player. Like he's going to cross yeah. someone up and then mock them on his way yeah. back. Yep. And it's just I, I want I want him to succeed so badly because that is so fun. It's so yeah. fun when he's hot and when it's going well. It's he he's probably the most fun player on the team in ter- in that respect, obviously. But yeah. uh, but you, you you're absolutely right. It's it's a fit thing. Like the talent is there. It's a fit thing. It's an effort thing. It's a you need to know what to do thing. It's it's sort of it's a little bit what we've been talking about with Grayson previously. I know we're not going to be talking about Grayson a lot here, but it's yeah. it's a similar problem in that sense. It's a much it's much more of a degree for Jordan Wara though. But uh, yeah, he just like if you're going to go out there, if you're Darvin Ham right now, but if you're Mike Budenholzer and that entire coaching staff, you need to have a certain cutout role for Jordan Wara. You need to be like, okay, if you're not if you don't have the ball right here. You are relocating as soon as the defense turns. You are cutting as soon as a guy turns his head. You need to be working on a dime. If you are not going to be a creator, you need to be quick. You need to utilize your quickness and make defenders think. I think he could really, really thrive in that role. If you want better shots from two, if you want to shoot a better percentage from two, take easier shots. Don't take uh, don't take wild push shots like you were talking about. Try to get in the dunker spot. Try to get layups. Do so- do something else. Hit like uncontested floaters, not instead of just like two guys in your face floaters. Yeah, he takes some he takes some difficult shots. I don't want this to just be the rip on Jordan Wara. Absolutely, hour. Not. we've seen some good been, things. He's but... been productive. He's been yeah. productive. He's At done times. that, but I just think it needs to be refined. I think that is, you know, a, a young player in the second year that these are the growing pains. And hopefully these minutes are going to be beneficial down the road. Ultimately, you never really know, but that's certainly the hope when you look at, you know, how, how Wara has played this year. Um, the next guy. Especially up, a guy who's up for a contract, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good, good point. Uh, or potentially to be traded and sign a contract somewhere else. I think Wara is. Probably the trade chip on the team right now. I guess Wara or Dante, one or the other. But both guys needed you, contracts. Here's a quick. The year. Here's a quick aside. Would you rather? Who do you think is the most valuable trade asset out of Wara or Dante? I think it's Dante. Yeah. And I think I'd rather keep Dante too at this point. Yeah. Okay. Glad we're on the same page. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, I just, here's the thing with Wara and his trade value. I, I know. You know, Bucks Twitter will be like, "Oh, Wara for Miles Turner? Why not? He's got all this potential." Like Harrison Barnes, welcome to the squad. Uh, well, Tyrese yeah, Halliburton. To, yeah. Oh, don't even get me started on on the. Tyrese was that actually a thing? I saw. I saw. A yeah. Couple. Yeah. It got picked up. Here's the thing. Just two seconds on that. The Kings don't want to not pay Tyrese Halliburton. I've seen people. They they, they don't know why would they want to pay Dante more sooner? 
Tyrese Halliburton still has I mean, years on his rookie contract year. left. Yeah, but th- th- it doesn't mean they wanted him more than Tyrese Halliburton. The Bucks have wanted guys. It doesn't mean they're going to trade Giannis for them. It's just <laughs> silly. It's silly. It's silly. Dante is worse than Tyrese Halliburton. Nobody wants to pay Dante more with more injury concerns earlier than Tyrese. What, two years left on a rookie deal or one? Two, two. right? This is the yeah. second year. No. Silly. It's silly. It's silly. I don't want to entertain it anymore. No, I, w- I was yeah, obviously Jordan, Jordan kidding. Wara, I was obviously Jordan War is not bringing back a, a Cam Reddish. No. Oh my the Hawks goodness. are not giving you Cam Reddish for Wara and Dante. I think. I think. Probably not. I think that no, seems gonna, silly to me. They're going to give it for Ben Simmons. Well, it's like, what? oh, the, well, we have too many wings with the Hawks. Let's get two more who are worse. How does that help them? What's the point? Yeah, we actually want to consolidate the other way. We would like more he's, bad players. It's just a general thing with fake trades. The other team has to want to do it. You know? <laughs> right, like, right. You, you can't just be a one-sided, like, salary fits Rodney Hood and Shemi Ojale. Yeah, for Robin Rodney, Lopez. Rodney and Shemi. Rodney and Shemi are bringing back every bench player in that, the league. That's bringing back I've Robin seen. Lopez? Sure it is. Sure it is. Why would the Orlando Magic want Rodney Hood and Shemi Ojale? <laughs> uh, they like Robin Lopez. Let's, yeah, they do. They really do. They like the, the mentorship. And he likes living in Orlando. And he's good. Um, right by Disney. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Wes Matthews, next up on the minutes per game. I think we can keep this one relatively short, too. Literally just the opposite of Jordan Wara. Every single thing, it's the opposite. He is always in the right spots, completely reliable, a plus-plus on defense, gave great minutes on KD. I'll take the L. He looked good defending Kevin Durant. He still shot over him sometimes. I think he bothered KD enough, and, and that's what you he have to do. He was physical with him. He was very physical with him. He, he bumped him off the spots. So uh, Wes shooting tremendous numbers, I, I think probably not sustainable, but he has God, amazing that, shot selection. If that regresses, that's going to be a hard regression. <laughs> I don't know how hard it's going to be. Like, He's I'm getting great if, shots, if. And, and, and I think he looks better, like not just the numbers, not just the production – he looks better moving around on the court than he did two years ago. I think the time off was probably good for him. He clearly kept in shape. He clearly stayed ready. But I think being farther from that Achilles and having some extra time when most of the league did not has been really good for Wes Matthews. And I think the Bucks have been smart to not overextend him, still averaging less than 20 minutes a game. Newsflash, he's been one of their five best players since they signed him. If, if it was purely... Minutes were just purely based on that. He would be 30 plus right now. I think they're being very smart to say, we will wait to ask that much from you until, you know, May. We don't yeah, need that. The Bucks, the Bucks are very good about doing that. They're very good yeah. about limiting guys in the regular season in terms of minutes so they can save them, especially guys who are older, like, uh, like Wes Matthews, like George Hill. They'll give them, if they even feel a little bit of pain, they're not playing that game. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's they're very smart about that. Credit where credit is due. Uh, but no, Wes Matthews is just, he's hes awesome. He's awesome. I know when uh, he signed, I was making the Thanos jokes like, you could not live with your own failure. Where did that bring <laughs> you back to me? But he's been awesome. He's, there's not a better story to root for right now on the Bucks than Wes yeah. Matthews. There's, for a couple he, different reasons. Exactly, exactly. It's you want you want to see this guy succeed and see him seeing him put in the work and having that pay off is just incredible first and foremost. But the production is insane, like you mentioned. He's shooting the ball well. He's the sidestep three. I know we've mentioned this in the past, but that is completely new and it's yeah, it's working. 
Like it's actually sustainable. Yeah. And I think like he's getting to the rim more. Like he just looks better. The I think post he, ups. The post the, the post the ups. The post ups are there. The first play in the Nets game was a Wes Matthews post up. For and an he missed one. actually. Oh no! He, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Never mind. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Yeah, he did make it. I think he missed it. I think he might have posted up again in the Charlotte game. Um, he, I think the dunker spot has been good for him too because he's that he's that smart kind of off ball player who's good at utilizing that spot on the floor too. It's just it's, it's been perfect. Like it's really. I thought it was a bad signing when they picked him up. Like I was like, ah, oh, I don't know about this. Like I don't know what he has left in the tank. Apparently, the answer is a lot. And he's got a is lot a little, left in the tank. Like you mentioned, is it a little dangerous to rely on him this much? Maybe, but like, why not? Why not lean in right now? I mean, it's not like he's, they need 30 minutes from him. They, when they're healthy, they have enough guys, but God, is it encouraging to see? And again, it's not just the numbers, the way he looks out there on both ends. It's just perfect. Like he is like up there with Pat in terms of just like ideal role players for this Bucks team. It's just versatile is the way, is the word like similar to Pat. You can slot him in at the two. You can slot him in at the four. He's been the starting two guard for the Milwaukee Bucks like literally uh, like a year and a half ago, and now he's playing minutes at the four for them like a year and a half later. <laughs> this is it's 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 versatility. He's he's been starting at point guard a few like maybe not starting at point guard, but he's been playing point a few times. Especially because, I mean, it helps that they have zero guards on the roster right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, that will not continue. Thankfully. No, 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 but no. It probably shouldn't continue. <laughs> so no, it should. It absolutely should not. The the production, the versatility, the physicality. I know that's just a buzzword. But, uh, but it, no, it, but that's fits. real. That's real with Wes. Yeah, that is not a joke. Wes is pretty clearly the best defensive player they bring off the bench. Yeah, and as I pointed out in uh, in a previous pod, I don't remember which one, the lineups when they have Drew and Wes just strangle teams. Like teams are are hopeless to score against those two. I remember the Detroit game. Drew was like knocking. I think it was. Um, I was gonna say Neil Aquino. What the other French Kay. point guard? Kay, oh wait, no, no Killian, the other Killian. The French. Yeah, Killian yeah. Hayes. And Drew was like knocking the ball out of his hands, and then he passes it out to the other side of the perimeter, and that guy is defended by Wes. I think they either got a terrible shot off or it was a for a 24 second violation. Like trying to score on those two as the primitive defenders with Giannis in the back. Yeah, Chris that's what I was going to say. Like, let's say let's say you beat that boss, then you then you run into Giannis. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like the and clearly, I mean, we know Bud. We just said that. Go listen if you haven't to the last the pod with Coach Brad Fisher. Deep dive into Bud coaching, really fascinating. But just coaching, in we general. know it was awesome. Yeah, exactly, but. We know Bud loves defense. We know the Bucks' backbone is defense. If you watch the title run, that's how they did it. They are now able to lean into that again, even without Brooke Lopez, because of the personnel and the buy-in, which is super impressive, given how important Brooke has been to their defense. Yeah, and I think that's – I know we're not going to talk about him a lot, but that's credit to guys like Bobby Portis who have stepped things up on the defensive end. Like, he's he stepped up well in Brooke's absence. Credit to the coaching staff for use, using different schemes. They don't drop anymore. <laughs> no, almost their, never. Their base yeah. defense isn't dropping. It's high hedges, but like it's uh it, it's it's very it's very good to see. Um but yeah, Wes Matthews rock solid just he's that dude. He's that dude. Let's get to not that dude. Um we're, we're going to burn through some of these, I think. This one especially. Next up in minutes per game is actually Langston Galloway, oh, who has played two games yeah, on we, a 10-day contract. We haven't talked about uh, Langston Galloway. Yeah, he's a buck. 
Uh, <laughs> um, let's sum it up. He is shooting 9% from the field. You could have summed it 0% up 0% from three. You could have just stopped at shooting. He is shooting. Yeah, he is shooting. Although, in fairness, four and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, no turnovers yet. But I, th- I think all of the non-scoring stuff, I actually have been pretty impressed with Langston. Like, I think defensively he holds up. He moves well. He's like he's passed well. He hasn't turned the ball over. You just can't shoot nine percent from the field. Like he he cannot make any sort of shots. He has been useless scoring the ball. Not to be rude, but it's just like the fact. Like he has not he's not scored at all. He scored two points in two games, made a shot. Um, that's a problem. And I mean, it, it, we don't have to go deep. It's a ten day hardship deal. I don't think they're going to go out of their way to retain him. Um, maybe if they imagine? need him for one more ten day. Can you imagine? Oh, can I actually? Can I call a shot here? I yeah. think I, I think behind the curtain, this would go up Monday morning. I might literally post it today just so I don't get beat by this. Kyle Guy. I think they're gonna look at Kyle Guy somehow. Ooh. Okay. I think he's looked really good in Miami. The contract just expired. They're cheap. They're not gonna sign him because it would push them into the tax. Bucks fans can relate. But either when Langston's ten day expires, also, it's or, also tough for them roster wise. Well, because they're cheap. That they yeah. could they could literally sign Caleb Martin to a deal today and have the two way open, but they won't because it would push them into Is the. Is Kyle guy two way eligible though? Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, he hasn't played. He, well, he's, know, he was a. He was drafted in like 2019, I think. So. Oh, I thought it was. Maybe I'm mixing him up. Maybe. No, but um, Miami is cheap. Miami is very cheap. That is, yeah, that they're, they're being there. super cheap. It's it's under the radar because they're too. They're they instead of yelling about their cheapness, their people are too busy like you know. Just having impure thoughts Just about yelling. culture or whatever. Yeah, that too. Um, Kyle Guy, yeah, this is only his third year of, of – and he's only played like 39 games. Oh, so, so, yeah, yeah he is two-way eligible. But like nearly 10 points a game, 2.6 assists, one turnover, 51% from the field, 45% from three, 60% from two, 80% from free throw for Kyle Guy. And this is NBA. And I, I saw him torch the herd. I made a Jack Harlow joke. But, like, this is basically Javante Smart G League production at the NBA level, which is a lot more interesting for obvious reasons. So whether it's a two-way swap or a 10-day contract, and they could sign him to a straight-up 10-day as well, which would be cheaper than a rest-of-season deal or a, or a 10-day hardship, whatever. That I'm calling my shot, Kyle Guy. But we can – Okay. Langston Galloway, um, don't think they're going to look to retain him. No. Sorry, Langston. I, I feel bad, but – yeah, I mean, no. it's, it's a hard spot for these guys, but uh, this has not been good. They'll probably get another 10-day somewhere. Yeah, I mean, well, how many teams – hold on, let's look. How many how many teams has Langston Galloway played on this year? Two or three? Yeah, only two. I thought it was more. Just two. It was Nets Bucks, right? Yep. Look at me. Yeah, he played four uh, games for uh, for Brooklyn. Yeah, but uh, no, Langston, I don't think we need to dive deep because he's not going to be around for a while. <sighs> that brings us to – <laughs> Number 37, Shemi Ojale. Nearly 18 minutes per game. Shooting not that much better. 21% from the field, 21% from three, 21% from two. 81% from free throw on a well, nearly go. one attempt per game. Almost there, 0. 0.7. It's kind well, of the same deal. <laughs> it's kind of the same deal where it's like, Everything except offense has been okay. Uh, the defense has been okay. Rebounding, I think he's he's done fine, but it's not it's not nearly enough to justify the not even lack of like the anti offense. He's anti offense. He's so bad of offensively. Offense. Yeah, it hurts. 
I, 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 during the Brooklyn game, I literally, the tweet was just go to hell, Shemi, because <laughs> he shook a guy and did a spin, and I knew he was going to shoot it, and I knew he shouldn't have. He was wide open. He, it was literally, honestly, a beautiful post move. Like, he got so much separation, and I knew. I was like, there's no way this goes in. Hard front iron. No one around him. Hard front iron. And I, I literally, I had no other take. Just go to hell. Go to hell. I got motion sickness. I was sitting still. I just can't. I just. I mean, I mean like immediately on. on checking into that Nets game, he he just barely hit rim on a beautiful, on beautiful assist by Giannis. Then goes down the other end, gives up an and one. I think it was an and one, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Just within 15 seconds, he just brick abs like that was a weird break it barely hit front I, it hit more backboard than rim on a corner three attempt that was low i don't understand how that works and then just gave up points on defense like i feel bad i don't know how we've come to this point where i i'm the one feeling bad for shemi ojale's hate considering i'm the one that was warning everyone on the onset yeah like, you were right you, you get the dub there you just, get the huge dub there it is it I, is I sad want, I, mean, I at this point i don't want to win i don't well, want to win and, and at this point you have to i mean he's got to be I, I think it's like uh it's a it's um what's the word Point like it shaping. keeps getting it's a no no yes <laughs> it's uh it's like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point though like i'm sure you know even pro athletes like there's no way you can totally tune out the noise I mean, just seeing what you're what you're doing is enough noise to be like in a bad confidence state, and then hopefully Shemi is not tuning into the pod. It's not going to help. But or uh, come it's on just, the pod, Shemi. I don't even do. know if it, that'd just be awkward, man. Are you saying have you, you considered don't want never Shemi? shooting? Have you considered never shooting? I think we'd be nicer than that. <laughs> I think I would get there. I think I'd find a way to ask that question. Have you considered well, it would be more beneficial? Come on now, if you, well, okay, well that's fair. If you don't want to face that question, don't come on the pod. But it would be much more beneficial to the team if he just didn't shoot based on the way he's shooting, and that is evidenced by the Bucks losing the Shemi Ojale minutes by 17 points per 100 possessions. That's about a point worse than the Mamu minutes, which kind of sucks for Mamu. He's had to play like there's games when he plays like 40 minutes. Clearly, those are going to be disastrous games. Mamu, I think there's been some bright spots. Shemi, there is not. It's just all bad. And it's just not doable. When he has to play, they suck. And I, I don't know. Maybe he figures it out. I think it's much more likely that a pick is attached to him and he's swapped for someone who maybe can play real basketball. It's, it's just not happening. It's it's over. OKC, okay, we're calling you. <laughs> Please. Oh, what my they, God. All right. I don't even know if they'd cut him at this point. I mean, it's the same thing. Well, it's it's double if you cut him and then pay someone else. So I well, think yeah. they won't. I know. I, I think just straight cutting him is the same impact. Oh, I thought for OKC, I, I want Kenny Hustle. Oh yeah, I don't I don't know if you're getting uh, well, Wara maybe, Wara maybe. Shemi and two second round picks. Call maybe. it in. Maybe. But uh, maybe is right. Yeah. Do you have anything else here? It's just it's just not fun, you know. No. It's just, and and I, you know, too, Asian that's me. the thing. It's aging. You, every, every time he checks into the game or is about to take a shot, you can literally go, oh, this is going to go bad. And you're never wrong. And I always wish I was because, like, the satisfaction of being right is not worth the it's, it's not eye satisfying. strain. No, it's not. It's not there because it's not fun because it's, it's just bad. Yeah. It's like, 
I don't I don't want to be we don't want to be right here. We're not rooting for no. the the failure of Bucks players or anything just to no. prove a point. We're not But it is happening. <laughs> we're just telling you what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um let's move on. Yeah. Boogie works. would be next. Remembrance. Uh Dante DiVincenzo. Dante DiVincenzo, who has played three games. Do you know how many twos he's made? Ooh, uh, is it two? It's zero. Oh, wow. Dante DiVincenzo across three games, shooting 40% from three, 0% from two. He's uh, back. 7.3 points. He's, he's totally back. 5.7 well, rebounds. Um, a .5 assist to turnover ratio. Uh, we've seen the good and the bad of Dante. I, defensively, he's super fun. They've been really good in his minutes. Again, it's three games. It's like 60 total minutes. Cannot finish at the rim to save his life, which is not new. Uh, is still not a point guard capable guy or even like a George Hill level creator at this point. Like that, We have not seen that either. He's not, not diming. He's turning the ball over a lot. There's a lot of mistakes. I think it's very good that they have the when everyone's healthy and hopefully he's back soon from this ankle. It sounds like shouldn't be that much longer, but who knows? They said a few um, weeks, right? Is that what Bud said? Like, yeah, last week? I think they did, but he's already been working out and it seems like he looks pretty good. So hopefully it's only like another week or two. It's just precautionary because uh, it was the surgically so repaired many. ankle that he did. Are they, are they both by now? I don't think so. At least it was the most recent one. It was the most recent for sure. Yeah, he only injured the one, but he's had a lot of lower leg injuries since Nova, which is certainly concerning and factors into the trade value and contract, you know, conversations or yeah, whatever but, else. But to but, be fair, like we, we've highlighted some of the bad things, right? Like he, he's not finishing. Like that's not, that's nothing new. I mean, it's, it's maybe a little more apparent in the small. Yeah, it's not, it's not been 0% in past years. It's been better yeah. than that, but, but uh, he's, and he's not like a point guard. They've been putting the ball in his hands less to run the offense, which is good considering I think they know now that that's not his strongest trait per se, but I will say there is a clear, clear role for him in this offense. And he is very, very good at that. And that is just a fast guy. That is what I was talking about with Jordan Wara. If you can take advantage of defenses, leverage your quickness against defenses, Dante does that so, so well. He's so bouncy. He's springy. He is immediately, as soon as he recognizes defensive coverages and immediately goes to spots where there are weaknesses and gets in position to receive passes, which is why he's shooting well from three, because he's taking a lot of open shots, because he's making himself open. He's not relying on passers to get him there. He's getting to open spots. He's communicating well on defense. He's a good defender in terms of just isolation, but he's great when it comes to off-ball defense. That sort of intelligence is apparent, and it's really, really good to see because if, like we talked about, so many guys who could play these positions, whether it's Grayson, whether it's Wes, whether it's George, whether it's uh, Pat in some instances, Dante has the chance to be the best of them. This year? Yes. Oh, I don't think so. I think he does. He's literally the Tasmanian devil. I think the variance is a little too dangerous for me to put him there. Yes, but the ceiling is the highest. Would you agree with that? I suppose. And he has the chance to get there. I mean, okay. I I suppose. I don't know. I guess you could say Wara does too because his ceiling is like No, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the uh, 
defensive knowledge to really compete. Yeah, okay, that's fair. No, I'd say, I'd I, say I don't know. I just I think it's disingenuous though to look at ceiling only for a player like Dante, who has never maybe not played but he's, he's near played, his ceiling for more than a couple games in a row. That's true. That's fair. Like I'm not saying he's going to reach that, right? I'm saying he yeah. has a chance to. Is it a decent chance? It might be, honestly. Like from what we've seen, if he can just I say if he can finish well, like that's something easy for him. But <laughs> uh like if he can get some of that going and the coaching staff takes the ball out of his hands a little on offense, I think he's really well set in this role. I don't know. I I think he's useful. I'm glad to have him um, when he's able to play. I, I, I don't know how this is going to shake up with all the guys at this point. Like, I think it's really hard to determine right now like what the minute allocation should be between Grayson, Pat, Dante, Wes. I think all four probably play in pretty much any game. But I think, I mean, Wes has been the best so far Agreed. on the season as a whole. And then I think it's Pat and then Grayson. And that Pat and Grayson pretty close. Just such different players. And I'd then say Dante Pat's been just better than Grayson. Yeah, after this after this slide, I think so. Um and then Dante just because again, like at some point you will need him to be able to make a shot that's within the arc, but it, it's a, such a small sample. I don't know. I just need to see more. Um but although part of me also thinks like it really, like you said, he's back. Like I think this, I think we know what Dante is. It's just hard to pin down because he has so much floor to ceiling variance on a nightly basis. Yeah, it's just that's it's just the full Dante DiVincenzo experience. It's you know? it's a lot. Yeah, it's availability and it's variance when he is available. I I really hope we're not never at a point when we have a ton of Dante and Wara because if they both have floor games at once, the team will just explode. That's oh, a lot of variance. Um, although I'd rather have Dante than not over these last couple just a car crash (laughs) like just a just a full on T-bone that just like somehow explodes that's that's the (laughs) that's the floor (laughs) yes Uh, speaking of floor Rodney Hood next up uh, has played 31 games which is more than more than anyone that we've talked about since Wara uh, because he's been around all year 34% 34% from the field, 30% from three, 42, 43% from two. Again, credit to him, 93% from free throw. Two rebounds, three and a half points a game. Doesn't seem like he has it. And I was starting to come around the last couple of games, and he, I think he thought he was too. Some of the shot selection against Brooklyn and Charlotte was pretty bold. And then Charlotte 0 for 5. Just, I don't know. He's just kind of there. I haven't loved it. It's, it's he's one of those guys that sort of floats in and out. Like when he's on the yeah. court, you're like, oh, Rodney's here. You know, when he's not like shooting uh, pull up threes from like half court. Uh, yeah, some of his shots, I'm just like, why? <laughs> Is that Rod? You? <laughs> uh, that's true. Like we're 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 big fans of Big Rod here, but like, it's, love uh, Big Rod, but mm. again. He's look like we can't necessarily just bury him after like one bad game after he's put together like a couple good performances in a row, right? Like we're not here yeah, to just but, like, be completely reactionary, but no, but the season numbers are quite bad. The season I mean, numbers are very bad. Yeah, it's not just the one game. I mean, no. that one game didn't help the set, the the you know the shooting splits, but it, he has not. He's not been consistently productive. 
let's look. How many games has Big Rod scored more than like five points? Uh, if I were to take a guess right now, I would guess three. Uh, I would probably guess. Uh, I don't know. You said more than five. More than five. Four, five, six, six. You're pretty close. It's seven. Seven games. Well, I mean, I'm looking. I'm counting right now. Oh, oh! I, I thought you were gonna guess seven games. He's double figures twice, including some really good. Oh, that I think I missed that Knicks game. That was good minutes for him in that game. But oh, I didn't scroll down all the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was he's like, I swear I can count or seven, seven, uh, seven, seven games. Yeah, I just sorted by points to do it that way. But I, I don't know, man. It's, it's just, it's just it's largely weird. has not been able to do anything. It's so like I, I, it, the when he was signed, it was like a taking a chance, like it's a flyer. Yeah. It's if, if he hits, it works out really well. If it doesn't hit, it's not a high risk, right? Yes. It's it's sort of being the latter right now. It's not hitting. Again, there's still time. There's still like half the season left. But at a certain it's point, pro- the coaching the coaching staff is going to start narrowing down their rotations soon yeah well maybe not considering everyone's out and it's a weird season well he was the guy yeah when when everyone's back he was the guy who wasn't playing but that was when they had boogie so that was like they had 10 guys who could play without brook and then rod doesn't have to play he might have to play some more now because he's still i think been better than shemi which is blah it's depressing to think about but yeah it's just not been good it's concerning to me that his offensive numbers look very similar to last year when he was also very bad. And the hope was, okay, he got through some of the rough stuff. Now hopefully he can get back to form after another – was it another uh, – just an Achilles? Another, just an Was Achilles. it an ACL? An Achilles? No. I think um, it was just Achilles. I, I don't know if his athleticism looks that much different. It just feels like he's not converting any of his shots, and it's it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see if he picks it up. Because like yeah. he does look like he gets to the right spots at points. Like yeah, he's, it's he's just playing. He's playing within the system really well. It's just a point of he's not hitting his shot. Yeah. Um. So hopefully that that changes. Next up, I think we're we're down to the guys who really should never play when the team is healthy, but they're not. Javante Smart, twelve minutes per game. I think the luster wore off really quick here. Yeah. He seemed really fun in his first game or two. And basically has the same shooting splits as these other guys. Actually, Big Rod, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say. It. I mean, we got Dante of Dante three games, but Shemi and Javante are in the twenties. At least Big Rod, thirty five percent from the field, thirty percent from three. But Javante, twenty five percent from the field, twenty two percent from three, twenty eight percent from two. Uh, yeah, two and a half points. Uh, was he was he out? What he did not play. These last couple of games, did he? Do we know? He's not. Is he hurt? Is he just didn't just play? <laughs> That's pretty tough considering they had Rodney Hood logging point guard minutes, and I think that really speaks to where they're at with Javon. I think. Oh, he played. Uh, he played. He played garbage time against Brooklyn. I think they're excited for guards to get healthy so he can uh, go save the herd. Yeah, um, God save the herd. I don't know why that reminded me of that. That. that have you heard that? <laughs> Calling- have you heard that expression? God save the herd. Well, not with the herd, but <laughs> I, I'm kidding. Yes, of course I have. Uh, okay. But well, uh, uh, are you calling Javante Smart God in this situation? 
<laughs> no, not uh, not based on what we've seen so far. No, but he he should he should be able to get some good run with the herd. Yeah, I, I think that's resume their regular season. I think the that's start a, of their a regular season. Started their regular season. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I think that sums it up. Um, he's a I mean, he's a, at his core, he's a two way guy, and that's what he was signed yeah. to be. Yeah. Although, well, I mean, theoretically, the second way is NBA. And we're not really seeing that. Yeah, we saw it. For are we, those couple are, we games. are we too easy? Are we too easy on two way players? Maybe, maybe, maybe. But also, like, there's only a couple teams that really leverage two ways really well, like Miami does. Miami, the Clippers. Yeah, like most teams, their two ways aren't great. Yeah, the Bucks used. To, I mean, Frank Mason would be really useful mm-hmm. right about now. Oh but, my goodness! Oh, Can well. we sign? I'm surprised he hasn't gotten attended. Yeah, I am too. He's with the Lakers G League team, but I think he's still he's got he's had some leg injuries. I think he might still be struggling with one. Um, oh yeah, because be he, he was with the Magic last season and when all of the Magic he ended up missing like a lot hurt. of the time. Yeah, that was a um, weird okay. season from Orlando. They were just cursed at point guard. Yeah, they had they had a million guys get hurt that year. Um, next up, this is actually well, I think the, there's only two guys left. We're probably talking about them both a good deal. I think we can we're not gonna J Rob. Yorgos and Javin Delorier now off the team. We're not going to break down Luke Cornett or Jeff Doughton, who both missed one shot in three minutes against Brooklyn. Listen, I don't know, man. If you're Luke not, Cornett's the he's he can put up the same numbers as Boogie. He literally he looks like he's cosplaying as Spencer Hawes. <laughs> I, I remembered him as being like slim. Like I was going to say Tyler Zeller. I remember him as looking like like a. Like a home crafted version of Porzingis, like super long and like spindly and could shoot, but like it's like you know, oh, you don't need Gucci daughter. I'll just I'll sew it for you. That's what I remember Luke Cornett looking at, and now he looks like a bootleg version of Spencer Hawes, which is really sad. Like that, yeah. the idea, the idea at a lesser late stage Spencer Hawes, and I'm talking about Bucks Spencer Hawes to be clear. Really sad. Spencer really Hawes sad. Even- like that good at any point. I, I think he was a real rotation guy at one point, but by the time he was with the Bucks, he literally couldn't move. And that's I think what we're getting from Luke Cornett. So yeah, let's not talk about those yeah. guys. So I Mamu, know nothing Mamu. about Jeff Downton. Yeah. No, no I didn't I, know Jeff Downton. I knew he was on the Warriors. It's not Mamu. T A oh, has played go. more minutes. Oh, T A is who we talk see, about. See, here's what I'm, a... here's what let go me start ahead, this off. Ahead. I'll tee you up. We're at the point where he should be playing over Shemi and Rodney Hood because he's better. He's been better. Yeah. But I think that's been proven now. Like, I think you want to give those guys shots to show that they have something. They don't have anything. Rod has more. Neither have anything. TA, and I think you probably need to play both because TA is going to fall out. But I think the highs have been higher for him than either. Rod has, like, a couple of good games. But generally... Like, I think he's been more useful than those two guys. And certainly, I mean, we, we've been talking about shooting splits. TA, 45% from the field and 51% from two. The problem is 9% from three. He doesn't take very many. He's not he's not a shooter, but he, he knows, knows that. He, he, he knows just dunks. That. He At least he can dunk successfully, Unless it's which is more time. than Shemi can say. Yeah, I mean, he gets a little, get a, garbage little excited. Garbage time TA is the, the most fun in the league. Like, against Brooklyn, that not was to play against. incredible. Absolutely yes, it incredible. was. 
Like, yeah. Darvin Ham must have just been, like, dying on the inside at <laughs> what TA was doing. But it was <laughs> hilarious. I was literally just sitting and watching this game and just laughing. I was by myself. I was just laughing. <laughs> like, it was, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Man was just, like, <laughs> the, the guys on the team knew it was the TA show as well. They were passing him the ball. They were just like, oh, yeah, just go for it. Just isolate, it, take a it. step back threes, two possessions in a row. Like, hell yeah. His hook shot. He's got a hook shot that doesn't usually go very well. It, if it hits rim, it's a win. Yep, yep. Because then he but, has a chance to get the board. Yes. But here's the thing about TA. He is very, very, very self-aware. So when it's not garbage time, he does not play like that at all. At all. He is very like in tune with what he needs to do in certain situations, which, you know, Jordan Wara could learn a lot from TA in these situations. Uh, but like when he was put in against the Nets, he was just immediately a defensive irritant. He was going, yep. he was picking up KD full court and just flopping and getting fouled. He got a, was he got one or two? Two? I think one on KD? in the backcourt. One in the backcourt. I remember that one. Yeah, that was good. I don't know if he got a second one on KD. But uh, that was that's the type of impact you need. Like, you're a long, athletic guy who has good defensive instincts. Use that. Leverage yeah. that. Like, and he's also, like, he's, cap- he's a good screener in terms of, like, he will pull guys when he immediately recognizes defensive mismatches and bring the ball to set a screen for a guy into a DHO so they can get an open shot. And if he catches the ball on the roll, he is passing out. Like, he, he recognizes yeah. that he's not going to necessarily finish through traffic. He's going to try to set guys up. And if he's open, cutting to the basket, then he'll dunk it. Otherwise, yeah. he's not going to try to do anything that he knows he can't do well. And I think he's good at finding space to get to the rim. Like, I think that's – he's legitimately – that's his thing offensively. But, yeah, I love – he gets an offensive rebound during, like, a real game where he's playing. If Chris is out there, he's going to DHO Chris. every single, Like, literally, he will make a beeline over to him – Get him the ball, set a screen. Like here you go, Chris. Do something with this. It it is perfect. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some space for you, Chris. Ideally, you would have a player who is self aware and can do more than Ta. They don't really have players like that outside of the guys we mentioned. So you kind of have to take what you can get. And I think at this point, like just give Ta the Shemi minutes because I Ta has been way more helpful to the. Let me pull up. I've been skipping the the off on. Let's see. Oh, they, okay, yeah. We're to the point we where they now... We news, Ty. Did we really? What is it? Bull Bull is going to the Nets. What? I, no, I no, wait. Bull Bull is going to the Pistons. Oh. A trade? Yeah. Oh, no, they cut him. Oh, no, it was a trade. Yeah. Oh, because they're signing Devon Reed, who they very much need. Yeah, that's not breaking news. Continue. I was just kidding. Well, they got a second-round pick for Bull Bull. It's interesting. Yeah. I can't wait until they try to stick Bull Bull on Giannis in a playoff game at some point. Um, probably not. Is too late. I thought you said. I thought you said. No, no, no. They're acquiring Brooklyn's pick. Detroit is acquiring. Oh. Bull Bull. I messed up. Oh, I see. Oh, so it's a, to- a, her- a awful pick. Okay. So basically nothing. Oh, and they got Rodney Magruder as well. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, we're to the point now where the the, the Bucks lose all of these guys' minutes, so they're minus. Well, a lot of that is with garbage TA. time. Yeah, that, that and, influences I mean, that net rating a lot. Well, and also let's just be honest. I mean, these are the players you would expect to lose their minutes. These are 
end of bench guys being forced to play bigger roles in some of these games. Like just, I mean, how what was what game was that where it was like Mamu and T or Mamu and Javante played forty minutes? I think Ta played a lot in that game. Yeah, I mean, like just having to play That's a lot. That's where of we did the impromptu playback for the second half. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know wild. why we did that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think these guys are being put in some tough spots. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Ta could give you more. It's certainly than Shemi. I think Hood. Maybe you just want to keep trying and see what you can get. But I, I'm out on Shemi now. I, I don't see it. I don't see how. I don't see how mid season he flips from being maybe the worst offensive player I've seen play for the Bucks too useful i just don't see it yeah i mean he is he is big sure let's move on you're gonna i don't do this mamu mamu's the last guy playing 11.9 minutes per game listen uh they lose a lot when he plays i do think he's been largely impressive on the year averaging four points and 2.4 rebounds and 0.6 assists he has a Positive assist to turnover ratio, 43.7% from the field, but that's a little misleading because he takes almost as many threes as he does twos. 38% from three, 48% from two. Really shown some things. I mean, the per game stuff is tiny because he's played like, you know, garbage time a lot just to end games. But honestly, do think that some of the boogie decision may be influenced by good signs from Mamu lately. I don't think Mamu's is good right now. But I do think, like, I'm intrigued to see him play more, even if he's not going to help as much as Boogie. And I don't know. It's, it's been good. It's been large. I don't think he's ready this year to contribute in the playoffs or anything like that. But I think overall, for a 54th pick, I'm pretty damn impressed. Yeah, I think the biggest impact has been on the boards, realistically, especially the offensive glass. He's created so many extra possessions for this team. And I think he's he talked about a post game where guys like Giannis, guys like Bobby are telling him, the way he can impact the game is through offensive rebounds. He gets a lot of good putbacks. He gets extra possessions, like I just mentioned. That's big. That's how the Bucs won the title last year, is just by absolutely dominating the glass. That's how they can get extra shots because their offense was stuck in the mud for the majority of the playoffs. So, like, eventually, even though they were shooting terribly, they couldn't score at times, they were just getting more chances. And that's what a guy like Mamu can do. He can give you those extra chances. Now, is this sustainable? Maybe, maybe not. Defensively, think, he, oh. leaves, he leaves a lot to be desired defensively. Teams are going to start realizing that they can just pick him apart. Yeah. But right now, it's intriguing. It's very intriguing. He, I, I think it's sustainable because I don't think you're getting anything crazy. I mean, they're bad when he plays, right? I don't think they're getting anything you know wild from him. I think it's interesting to look over the last three games. He's had a real role in all of them, although a diminishing one. 6.3 points and four rebounds in just under 17 minutes per game for these last three. The shooting has been bad. He's gotten cold from deep, so it's actually bringing his numbers down. But four rebounds in those in that minutes is solid. 2.3 of the four have been offensive. So as you mentioned, really crashing the glass. He's gotten multiple offensive rebounds in all three of those games, and it, it, it's that's the kind of thing that you know you're not great offensively, generate some extra possessions or defensively generate some extra possessions and make up for it. And that's, I think TA can do similar stuff too. Um, although he has to overcome more on offense than defense. Yeah. I don't know. I think, you know, he's not ready to play the role boogie played well. That's for sure. I mean, just look at the numbers. It's pretty obvious, but I do think they're seeing some interesting things from Mamu and I, I don't hate wanting to explore that more. 
although it's it's not going to help win games. I mean, they've also lost two of those the last three games as well that, that Mamu's seen more run in. So I don't know. We'll see. But um, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Like he's a he's a 54th overall pick, like you mentioned. Yeah. Let's see what you got. I will he's, say defensively. He can get some run on the herd too. Yeah, he, I think that'll be fun. It has been fun. He's more spry than I expected defensively. I think the issue quick. is I think he needs to actually get stronger because I think guys finish over him super easily right now. Like I think he's, rim, he's, he's a just weaker not, base. Like he yeah, gets, and he, he, and he doesn't get vertical. He doesn't get vertical very well. He does some blocks, but he's just like he's not a very effective rim deterrent right now. It feels like opposing players are pretty comfortable just going right through him or right over him. So I think he'll need to either get stronger or a little bit springier still which I think stronger is more doable for his frame than the other one. Um, but I, I, it's overall not, not too bad. Although again, it's, you know, he's not, he's not a real rotation guy right now. Um, Mom is going to come maybe, next season looking like Orlando Dwight Howard. <laughs> uh, that would be a lot of fun. Um, not, not the healthiest long-term approach for literally his health, but okay. Overall bench takeaways. Now that we've gone through every bench player on the Bucks. I think my number one is they could probably use more scoring. Yep. Like staggering, staggering, like we've seen Bud when they actually have guys, has really leaned into Drew and Bench as one lineup and then Chris and Giannis play. So that obviously helps. End of first but, quarter, early second quarter is when that really shines. But here's the issue. That kind of worked because Drew got a lot of assists offensively from Boogie. Like Drew and Boogie had good chemistry. They provided the scoring together. I'm a little worried that there's still not going to be enough offense, even with Drew out there. So I think that's going to be the biggest hurdle is, you know, can Wara be a consistent game-to-game player? He's probably going to have to. Can Mamu step up and do so? Or can they, you know, find someone else, which certainly is possible. But I, I, I think that's the biggest worry. I think versatility, two-way play between Pat, Hill, Wes, you feel pretty good about that. I do think just raw scoring output is where outside of Wara, there's really not many guys you can look at who are going to be able to consistently generate their own offense, and that is an issue for the Bucs. And even last season, when the Drew bench lineups were thriving as well, because those have thrived ever since Drew came to Milwaukee, you had a guy like Bobby Portis coming off the bench as well. Yeah, yeah. Bobby being a starter now takes a ton away from your bench offensively. Yeah, so... I, again, this this mitigates itself if Brooke Lopez is healthy because then Bobby's back to that bench role. Brooke Lopez isn't healthy. Get well soon, yeah. big fella. Yeah. But bit, scoring is definitely where this team could improve on the bench. They they have pieces that are capable. They're just not ready. Yeah, I think really it's in two different ways, right? Because the other guy who could provide that and has been trying is Rodney Hood. Like when Rodney Hood was healthy – he was a guy who could generate his own offense. You know, it's not – he's not a primary option on a good team or anything, but as a, like a in good, a couple minutes. Good scorer. Yeah. He could create He could create offense. He has not been able to do that. And then Wara has been better at that, but just not as good as, at everything else. So that's why I think those two guys are going to continue getting chances until some sort of a move is made because they just they – need, they need to tr- keep trying. They need to get through these games. But that's why like adding a Kyle guy I think would be interesting – because he has been able to do that to an extent so far. Obviously, super unproven, super small sample size. But I think they just, they're just they learning that they need more points. Langston Galloway has not been able to do it. 
They're not going to play the other hardship guys. I, I just think it's going to be tough unless Wara can really step up. It's going to be big moments for Wara and Hood. If one of them could step up and be more consistent, then that solves a lot of that issue, I think. Yeah, agreed. It's just like you you need these guys to be fully realized. Otherwise, yeah. we're, getting, we're getting close to trade season. Or the trade yeah, deadline, I, I should say. We are in trade season, evidently. And, but, and I think I will say it's probably nice that that's the need because that feels like one of the easiest skills to find is just offense. Is it? I, th- I think it's easier to find offense than a two-way player. Like a true, like good on both sides. At least a oh, little bit okay, good. Oh, okay, gotcha. I'm talking about like, like I'm like a two-way contract. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm talking about like, I, I, it's funny because they did find him for basically free. But look around right now, and how many guys do you feel like could give you Wes Matthews output versus Boogie output? And I think there's more Boogie guys, like including a, Boogie, who will probably be available in ten days again. But we'll see if that actually happens. I don't know. The John Horse was saying there's there's nothing hindering a partnership down the road. <laughs> Well, that would be hilarious. Can we, by the way. Is is two weeks of savings enough to bring him back? How long do we have to wait? When is know. the number palpable? That's what I want to know. Uh, it depends what's in the budget, you know. Maybe they'll have to. I don't. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> I don't want to get myself in trouble. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna. I am just going to materialize or what, what's the manifest? I'm going to manifest. manifest every day. Speak it into Shemi. existence. Shemi and a second round pick to OKC for nothing or more than that for Kenny Hustle. Every single day, I'm just going to manifest that. That'd be fun. Can you imagine if they open up a roster, like they trade a guy and then bring back Boogie immediately and sign him to a deal? That would be hilarious. That would, that's the dream. That's the dream, and that's how be, you end up. It would up. be hilarious, though. Yeah, like why not just do it earlier? But I mean, it's clear why if they do that. <laughs> Well, you don't even save that much because you're just flipping the, the roster spot. They could have just done that right away and it would have been the same amount. No, I mean like you'd be paying double if you cut Shemi and then Yeah, but I'm saying you but I'm saying if they traded someone to do it, you could have just traded someone earlier and and kept Boogie around. Yeah, I know. I know that. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's no real material difference in cost. What it might be though, you know how that might happen is during these 10 days he's in Denver, if they continue to have five-point bench scoring games, that's when you might say, okay, you know what? We can't do this anymore. Goodbye, Shemi Ojale. Yeah, it'll be – we'll see if that happens or not. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I, I think at some just... point you probably do – I think it's. I think that's I think that's now, in my opinion, maybe the most glaring need. I don't know. I guess it really – it all depends everything, – like everything with the Bucks. It all depends on Brooke Lopez. Another wing defender would be nice too. Like upgrading Shemi into someone who can do anything on the other end, basically. But they're just, just going to need points. Even Yeah, yeah. But even when healthy, I think they're just going to need points. Like uh, healthy, healthy, meaning... He's making quotes for people. Air quotes, yeah. It, healthy in this case, meaning Bobby's still starting, Brooke's still out. Like short-term healthy. That's still not enough bench points. Although you could probably get there by staggering. Yeah. And that's what they'll do in the postseason anyway. But you just got it. Yeah. Like, you have to remember, you have to get through a regular season. You gotta have to get have a good there. seed. Gotta get like, there. You, you, you want home court advantage for as long as possible because you know you perform super well there when Ty Windish is not in attendance. So, yeah. It's, <laughs> I'll yeah. bring that up as long as I can. Yeah, uh, you will. Okay. 
Uh, I think that's a good place to wrap it up, though. Unless you have any more last-minute bench thoughts. Um, I do not. Okay. Well, if you want to see Ty's air quotes, you can watch this on our YouTube. <laughs> Subscribe to our YouTube, Eurostep Podcast Network on YouTube. You know what else you guys should do? You should leave a five-star rating on Spotify, on Apple. Leave a review on Apple, or if you're on Spotify... You know, we made our own review system. You can screenshot your rating, send an email to eurosteppod at gmail.com and we'll treat it like a normal review since Spotify's lacking. Ty, do we have a review to read? We do. We do indeed. And it's a good one. From Scott from Wisconsin. It's just Shout like an ideal. That's a good display name. The the ta- the headline is six question mark. It's a five star review. Although Scott is asking the big questions here. Some sort of conspiracy afoot? Why am I banned from being able to give six stars? Six, yes, as in Bucks in six. I would give six if I could, the best Bucks pod in the world. Shout out Scott from Wisconsin. That is pure heat. That is a fire review. Thank you, Scott. Oh, thank you, Scott. We appreciate the sentiment. Oh, I love this. It makes yeah, you so happy. The reviews is nice. Although, hey, we're running dry. People send the reviews in. I know yeah. we only have – I think we're going to get through all of our listeners. Although, if you're listening for the first time, hello, welcome. Congratulations on getting through an hour-plus talk on the Bucks bench. Clearly, you're a fan. Please leave a rating and review yeah. on your platform of choice. We know how many of you choice. listen on Apple, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's it's plenty. Although, like we, we said, spot and literally, honestly, also – if you listen on besides Apple or Spotify, if your pod platform doesn't even have a stars, which send them an email first and say, hey, add some stars so I can give Eurostep Podcast Network five stars. Second, just send us where you listen and and your and just say five stars and a review. We'll read that yeah, too. Eurostep, Eurostep pod, pod at gmail. gmail. We'll read it all. Because we want we love hearing from the listeners. I mean, honestly, as though it might it might seem that Rohan and I would talk into the void because we love hearing ourselves and maybe each other talk bucks that much. The and reason we, we do this is, is we would, yeah. But the reason we really enjoy doing this is the listeners. Like, of course. That's what makes podcasting special. And hearing from you folks has been like just tremendous. So please continue reaching out. It makes my Yeah, day. like tweets, emails, all of it. It's just great. So thanks so much. Continue to do that, please. And uh, – and manifest a Chevy Ojale trade. Yeah, manifest a Chevy Ojale trade. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening, by the way. Eurostep Podcast yeah. Network. Make sure you subscribe to the Substack, gspn.substack.com. You can see Buck Stock Market, other articles there. Uh, Buck Stock Market after every game written write-ups. It's a, it's, a, it's a good time. It's a good time. And you know if Ty is pre-assigned, it's going to be a Buck's terrible loss. <laughs> To that, to that game, that's usually how it works, pulling, pulling back yeah. the curtain a little bit. It's, been, it's bit. been a rough streak for you, Ty. I've, I've been giving out the down stocks. I've been the disciplinarian for a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, make sure you subscribe to that. And thank you for listening in general. We really do appreciate it. Uh, go Bucks, and we will talk to you next time.